It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pikey and Lau Show. We're talking Taipans. And finally now, Lau's, we can say that the Cairns Taipans are officially in the NBL Finals. Now it's just a matter of how high they end up end up finishing with one round of the season to go. So we'll get stuck into all of that. We've got a very, very special guest of a of a grand final hero from years past with the Taipans as well. So let's not waste any more time. I'm Chris Pike, the co-host. Alex Loudon, the Cairns Taipans legend. Thanks for joining me once again. Mate. Thank you for having me, and uh, uh, it's a huge, uh, exciting show uh, for me personally. Got to catch up, like you said, with an old teammate of mine. Uh, you may know him. He's hit a massive shot to send the uh, Taipans New Zealand game into overtime in 2010-11. And, uh, he joins me from the other side of the world, and uh, he's got some big. He's got some big news for the Taipans. He's got some uh, tips on how to retain the players and when to do it. He's saying uh, you need to lock the players in right now. Now. So I can't wait to hear what he's got to say later on in the show, Pikey. Really excited to hear from him. He was he was the excitement machine before there was ever a Cam Oliver. So we're very, very much looking forward to that special interview. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have already guessed who it is, but we'll leave it a mystery for those that haven't quite guessed just yet. But before we get into all of that, Laos, the Taipans went to Adelaide on Saturday night. As we talked about last week, it was always going to be a tricky game given all the emotion with everything surrounding the 36ers with, you know, the news around Joey Wright and his future and the fact that they were playing their last game of the season on their home floor. But to me, from the very start of the game, the Taipans just, they looked a focused and disciplined team. They took care of business, ended up with a 99-80 to 80 victory. They they put on a show when they needed to. Cam Oliver with that with that spin around dunk off the, off the one foot from a standing start was remarkable. But to me, it just looked like a professional, disciplined outfit for, for a lot of it. And that was really, really impressive. Mate, uh, you said it perfectly, business-like. That's exactly yeah. what they, the mindset they took going into that game. The, the Oliver Twist dunk, as it's being dubbed, uh, please, sir, <laughs> we certainly want more uh, of that. That was just impressive. I don't know if he just came up with it on the spot just mm. to get away from the, the D kind of thing. But, you know, they, it was a, they, they put Adelaide to the sword early. Uh, I thought the game was done. They, they won't be happy with that slightly sloppy patch where McVeigh went for uh, two or three triples back-to-back mm. and brought it back within nine I think it was but for the most part a clinical dispatch uh, of a team on its knees and they certainly sent them to uh, the end of the season uh, without any postseason play so yep Joey Wright I, I believe all done and dusted um, for you know his his NBL career I, you know I mean his his children are playing they're old enough now to be playing basketball in the state so I wouldn't be surprised that he's leaning I'm guessing towards trying to get a, a college gig or something back in the US uh, but it seems like he's uh, on the way uh, off the US of A, of course. So, um, yeah, they, they there wasn't a whole lot of resistance from the Adelaide in the end. A couple of con- contributions not as high as they needed to be from uh, their studs. So it was a bit of a lackluster game, really. But the big the big one of the round was obviously the, the night before. Uh, but, yeah, certainly the Taipei is looking strong for these last two games. This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. And your fitness, your body, your choice, your time, your fitness. Yeah, like you said, business-like performance, but the fact that the 10 guys got a really good run as well and the fact that Courtney finally made his return and got through through eight minutes, he knocked down a three and, and just got to get a run out on the court. It's really important. He'll now get two more games this weekend and, and then he's got two more two more weeks where hopefully he probably still goes to the, the Boomers camp so he can actually get some work done there. And by playoffs time, he's going to be back to, to 100% as well. So the fact that everybody got a really good run, Cam Oliver, season high, 31 points, 12 rebounds, a huge block where he then went and, and went the big stare down and, and had some words for his... I forget who the Adelaide opponent was, but he certainly let him let him know 
all about it, but everyone it, it just was Eric Griffin. It, it was that's there, right, athletic it was. big man. It was Eric Griffin. He, he he told him a few words, and then he walked off to, to let, <laughs> yeah. let it simmer. He, he let yep. it simmer. I mean, Eric Griffin got a nice little dunk down the other end, but but Cam, you know, thirty-one points, a break, mm. not a breakout game. This is his career best game. Uh, yep. What what a good timing to to unload that in, in the uh, you know the third last game of the season. Kawatnoi, I thought was uh, he showed some really great energy, and I think he wanted more. And I think coach was restraining, saying, "Hey, yeah. what you've you've done? What we needed to see? Just just pull the reins back here, and we'll mm. we'll, we'll uh, just manage your minute and ease you back in. Just just slow down." <laughs> Slow down, mm-hmm. but I thought he was very active on the glass, which was which was really positive signs. Uh, a lot of danger players. Obviously, DJ Newbel, uh, impressive defensive display. Uh, yeah. Does this clinch? Does this kind of game just put the icing on the cake for in the minds of the uh, people uh, that are entrusted with the vote uh, to go the defensive player? Uh, we'll wait and see for the twenty first of February when the awards night is on after this round. So um, yep. uh, it's going to be exciting to see uh, so many positive signs. I think it should. I think the fact that he's done such a good job on Scotty Hobson and Jerome Randall and Bryce Cotton and even Casper Ware, the fact that he's locked down all of the most dangerous um, scoring guards in the league, I think, has to clinch it. But we aren't the ones voting, unfortunately, Laos. The other one I wanted to touch on, Fabian Krislovic. He now looks like a genuine NBL player. He had 5.7 rebounds and four blocks, but they were they were four genuine blocks. They were real true blue block shots, and he did that in... In 15 minutes, that was a, a hell of a performance by him, and he looks like he's a real player of the future. He looks like he could be a 200-game NBA player now. He's grown in confidence, hasn't he? And um, yeah. the, the blocks that you're talking about. So, so he was moving his feet with the dif- uh, with the offensive player, and then he'd actually jump up vertical, which is you know what coaches love to teach. You know, you got to rise up vertical, keep your hands up, but to take contact and still be vertical and not sort of cave in and bring the arms down to then foul and bail out the offensive player. He's he's remained vertical and still got the block. So um, perfect technique, perfect execution, and um, the tight ends came out with a couple of extra possessions so he, he was a stat stuffer on the, the stat mm-hmm. sheet just doing all the little things which is uh, crucial in postseason play to have that kind of uh, contribution okay now let's look at what the result means for the Taipans it means they now sit on a 16 and 10 record which is remarkable to think that it's 10 more wins than what the, the team recorded last year so it it means that the at least a playoff spot is sewn up and they can't finish any lower than third now so they're two games right. ahead of ahead of the Brisbane Bullets who only have one game to play. So they're they're guaranteed of at least finishing third, but there's still an outside chance they can finish finish second. If they win both the games this weekend, they're both on the road, starting against Melbourne United on Thursday and then against the Brisbane Bullets on Saturday. But they win both of those games, and if somehow the Adelaide 36ers pull an upset and beat the Perth Wildcats in Mm. Perth, and if the two Taipans wins are by more than 13 points if they make up a 13-point gap with the Wildcats in terms of percentage, they could finish second. Is that going to happen? Well, it could very very well happen. And the reason is Adelaide and, and Wildcats is a um, classic rivalry. Yep. And some some of the normal elements that come into play are swept off the table when it becomes a, a, a fierce rivalry because you, you lock horns and there's, there's just an added dimension to a game like that. So, you know, Adelaide could come out just kind of relaxed. They know their season's done. They could just mm-hmm. go... Um, you know, full full tilt team sort of play cat. They could catch team fire. Uh, they could anything could happen, uh, which could send the Wildcats uh, a potentially relaxed Wildcats thinking, all right, we got this one in the bag. You know that kind of thing. It, it could happen. I mean, it's, mm. it's it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, can the Taipans win both games and stretch that gap to that the thirteen point margin as you said for the percentage? Yes, yes, they can. I mean, mm-hmm. they they've they have shown uh, they've beat some big uh, had some big margins the last couple of games yep. um, you know 19 points that last one it was a you know double digits at home Illawarra and uh, 24 against Illawarra and I believe 14 or something against Adelaide before that they haven't yep. been the same caliber of team that have really been pushing postseason play so I feel like United and Bullets are going to throw absolutely everything so there's I think they've got two hungry wounded teams waiting to unleash their last sort of fury so it could be a, a, a not a barn burner but it's, it's going to be an absolute classic of, of the round I think for the type ends these, these are going to be more like playoff basketball um, style which is what I'm keen to see how they handle and how they compose themselves the type ends against um, teams that are fighting for 
for their lives to reach postseason play. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go. They haven't had this kind of competition the last three or four games, so I'm I'm anxious to see uh, how they respond uh, to the hot some hot competition. Now the other element towards the top of the ladder. Let's assume that things don't go the way the Taipans and the Wildcats do beat Adelaide on on Saturday. Is there any chance that they win by enough of a margin and the Illawarra Hawks beat the Sydney Kings where the Wildcats can make up 39 points on the on the Sydney Kings to, to take top spot? No, I don't think that's gonna. I don't mm. think that's gonna happen. I think um, I think they'll get the win, and then they'll. Uh, no, they don't need to take the foot off the pedal either, because there's still a two week window. But I don't think they want to overplay. That I think they'll more likely want to get guys running in. They haven't had much of a run to give them some game confidence if they get ahead by a big margin, rather than just play their studs into to submission and hopefully get a forty point win. You know, I, I don't think I don't think they'll run away with with this one against Adelaide, the Wildcats. Now what are looks like is that either way it just depends on who has the home court advantage now that it'll be a Wildcats Taipans semi-final series and that's a pretty exciting thing to look forward to if you have a look at the way Cairns won that big game in Perth the biggest ever win at RSA Arena that they delivered and also the way they they won another game in Cairns as well against the Wildcats it's a a pretty salivating prospect well they got um, the the wood on uh, Wildcats that that first uh, part of the season, which sort of it sort of made them go, wow, like we we can really uh, we can really perform in this league now. When they played big games like that, then they relaxed the game after. So you know, have they learnt those lessons to not relax too much and, and feel comfortable and not play with that aggressive mindset the next time around? That I'm sure Mike Kelly will continue to keep them even keel. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, the, the first game being away, there's sort of not the pressures off, but it's a it's a free swing over on that on a court over there in Perth, and then they've got a they've got to hold Ford at home to stretch it to a third game. Uh, sure, they just take it one game at a time but um, look I think it's exciting for this community to have a semi-finals uh, home game and uh, it'll be it'll be absolutely packed out for the, um, you know a win for the Taipans to then stretch it to game three or maybe not maybe it's mm. game yeah you know it's only two games required if they take care in um, take care of business in Perth on that first one yep. but look let's see what let's see what shakes these last couple of games of the regular season and then we can take stock and um, just see uh, see what's firing what's good now, we know that those three teams will be top three. It's just a matter of what order they finish. But what we have no idea about is who will finish fourth. So right now, the New Zealand Breakers are there. They're at 14 and 13 with a, a slightly better percentage than the, the Brisbane Bullets. But there's there's only a there's a 23-point gap there that the Bullets have to make up this weekend to overtake them if they both win or if they both lose. Then the, the wild card in the whole thing is Melbourne United, who are... Back at 13 and 13, but they've got two games plus a better percentage than both teams. So they play the Cairns Taipans on Thursday, of course, and then the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on Sunday to, to close the round. Basically, if all New Zealand has to do is win against the Phoenix on, on I think it's Friday night, and then they're, they're pretty close. I think, it's in, I think it's not even in Auckland. I think it's in... Oh, it's in Christchurch, actually. Yeah, you're right. And, yep. and then that pretty much eliminates the bullets. Um, no matter what so happens to the bullets against the Titans. It's a Phoenix without Creek. It's a Phoenix without that's right, Creek. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'd say that's a lock in. Now, now you backed New Zealand uh, quite rightly last last yep. week against the Bullets. You you felt that they were going to get the edge on Bullets at in Brisbane. I, I was yeah. thinking, oh, I thought Brisbane might hold fort with how they've been playing. But uh, you very rightly did you have a did you have a little gamble on the uh, New Zealand game? Is that is that what no no was, I'm not not allowed <laughs> to bet. Not allowed to bet. That would, that would oh, get yes, me in a lot of trouble now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, well done. Um, I knew it was going to be close, but I didn't think I didn't think that actually. New Zealand would do it. So look, I think I think New Zealand's going to take this out. Like I just yep. I feel like the way that they've won some big games on the road. Hobson is an absolute beast. He's a mm-hmm. tall point guard. He he's got the advantage on a lot of them. He's he's on the uh, above the rim as well. He's a juggernaut in this league, and it's crazy to think what it would have been like if he'd played all season long. And I'm sure Dan uh, Shamir would be thinking the same thing. However, if they punch a ticket into that postseason play, um, that's that's a huge success uh, for, yep. <laughs> or for sure. a massive turnaround for this year. Southeast Melbourne plays a big role in this final round. They play both the Breakers and and Melbourne United, but without Mitch Creek, is it? Is it almost a percentage booster now for the Breakers on on Friday? And that means that, you know, Melbourne pretty much has to win both their games 
by pretty big margins as well. They played one against the Phoenix too, but they have to beat the Taipans on Thursday as well. Yeah, look, I, th- I think New Zealand are going to be well and truly putting the, f- the pedal to the metal and mm. stretching out as much as they can against a young, inexperienced Phoenix without Creek. Uh, I don't think the likes of Ty Wesley and, and Ben uh, Magin will have, and, and Roberson, I mean, they'll, they'll fight bravely, but I don't think there's enough horses in the stable to, to stop an attack from a hungry breakers with a, a, a exceptional point guard that's uh, really steering them in all the right directions. So, um, look, I think, I think New Zealand's going to lock away fourth. Yeah, I think so too, because I think even if Brisbane ends up beating Cairns on Saturday, they, they're they just not going to be able to win by enough. They're already 23 points behind in terms of percentage, so they have to make up 23 points on the breakers. And even if we only give the breakers a 10-point win against the Phoenix, that, that means the Bullets have to have to thump the Taipans by almost 40 to make it. And it also means that Melbourne has to lose as well. So I think we definitely rule out the Bullets. and. I haven't seen good enough team play from Melbourne. From Melbourne, you know, I haven't yeah, seen good enough sure. team play to get them through. I mean, they might get some individual heroics to keep it tight until three-quarter time. But by the end of the season, like, teams are, teams are sharing the ball. The, the teams that are sharing the ball uh, are, are annihilating their, their opposition. And the, the tight bands are case in point. Um, their, their ball distribution and selfless play is huge. Whereas, you know, from what I've seen from Melbourne, I just haven't seen that, you know, team click together, like you know and be strong and show consistency so yeah i'm just not seeing that you know individual heroics won't won't rise above in this round no i think you're right i think you're right and like i said last week i'll double down on it now i still think if the breakers can end up finishing fourth eh, there's no reason in the world that they can't go on to win the championship but at the same time there's no reason why the taipans can't there's no and there's no reason why the wildcats and the kings can't so to have four teams in the playoffs that can all win a championship that's 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 just what you want can I echo something that Lousy said in round one? Uh, Go for it. 16 wins will get you in a log jam. Uh, 17 might clinch uh, your, mm-hmm. your playoff berth. Well, I think it's 15 wins are in the log jam, yep. uh, or 14, really. Um, you, know, well, you, can, and you can end up on 15 and miss out now. Yeah, yeah, yep. So fifteen is like, so I was one one game off, but it was pretty close. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna put that a tick in, in Lousy's column there of, of uh, predictions <laughs> from the start of the year. Now Lousy knows his stuff and. Somebody else that knows his stuff and somebody that you saw close hand, you had a front row seat to this guy's heroics when he was at the Taipans back in your first ever grand final season with the club. You had a very, very special chance to catch up with him this week. Can we finally find out who our interviewee is and what can we expect from him? Absolutely. So Ron Dorsey uh, is a superstar three-man for the, the Taipans back in 2010-11. There was a chance we... we uh, leapt into we leapfrogged a team and landed in third place uh, at the end of that season and we ended up playing the Townsville Crocs in the semis so uh, look we lost in Townsville in overtime then we won at home Gleeson uh, kind of put the cue in the rack and rested his players so we got the win pretty convincingly and then we went back down to Townsville to thump them down there in Crocs land mm-hmm. uh, and then we hit, we hit the grand final against New Zealand so we lost game one in New Zealand game two the, the breakers were already celebrating we got this in the bag no need for game three uh, and then in comes Ron Dorsey uh, for the final sort of push in that game and he dribbled the the, the, the ball from uh, coast to coast pretty much and uh, pulled up about a meter or two actually closer to two meters outside the three-point line he sort of shot faked and one player went past the second defender came in to try and uh, get a hand to the shot and he and he launched this three it goes down the crowd goes absolutely nuts and uh, that that ties up the game from seemingly nowhere uh, and then we head into overtime but a special catch up with Ron Dorsey uh, it was great to have a chat to an old teammate let's hear what he's got to say Ron Dorsey my man in the US how are you going man all is well man all is well I'm blessed man to still be around basketball after basketball man um, just, just running my basketball academy over here in Lake Charles Louisiana so everything is well. So what what exactly is involved with your basketball program? You've got kids coming through. I've seen you at tournaments. Uh, you're helping a lot of junior basketball hoops. Uh, talk to me about your program over there. Um, our basketball academy offers a lot, man. And, and basically, for me, it's the most important. is the mentoring side of it. Um, we offer training sessions, basketball leagues, um, camps. 
So uh, have you had a chance to travel with some of these teams, uh, giving them exposure to uh, higher levels of, of basketball and giving them a good experience? Oh, yeah. Um, with my basketball team, I have a basketball program called Team Dorsey Elite, but we're making that transition over to Artie Hoops or Select. But um, it's an AU program, and what we do is travel around the states, played in Dallas, uh, New Orleans, Houston, different places like that. Um, this summer we plan to go to Atlanta, Vegas, and different places like that to get them more exposure. But um, it's a ninth grade team and it's a sixth grade team. So we're giving the kids opportunities to play on the higher platform uh, against a lot of different competitions. In Melbourne, when you played in Melbourne, uh, I remember you telling me there was a there was a kid that used to go to all the games, and you had a connection with the dad. Um, and there, there's a connection now between his basketball program coming to the states. Talk to me about how that came about. Man, it's a, it's a beautiful connection, man, uh, and still have that that love and connection with Australia is amazing. Um, his name is Larry Haywood. He's from the Melbourne area. And he has a kid that used to come to the Melbourne Tigers games all the time to check us out. And I was one of his biggest fans. Um, and we just kept in contact throughout the years after I stopped playing. Um, the kid actually, well, the family actually came over into the States for a little statewide, you know, tour. Oh, they came, um, they came to the States? Actually, yeah, they came over there. Oh, wow. They came to the States. And, and he actually came to one of my camps for, for four days. It was amazing, man. Um, so after that, they, they ended up going back to uh, Australia. But later down the line, uh, the guy's um, kid's name is Ricky. And his trainer, I guess the parent was telling his trainer about us and different things like that. And then I connected with his trainer. So now me and the trainer have that, that uh, networking or connection. Um, he brings over kids from his program to play in different tournaments in the States. And then they came down to play on my basketball, my uh, round robin basketball classic. Oh. And uh, it, was, it was amazing, man. Wow, so, you, so you've got Australian Academy basketball connections now touring to the US to participate in your tournaments in the US. That's incredible. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's a great feeling to see the kids come over, man. They, and they, you know, some of them recognize me, some of them don't. They <laughs> look me up on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, man, it's, 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 it's such an amazing, it's amazing, man. But uh, the biggest return is what I want to do is um, bring kids from the states and, and bring them over there so they can, you know, see Australia. Yeah, right. And we, we have a lot of colleges come through uh, and play the NBL, as you know, or play uh, uh, different levels of basketball. Um, but that would be awesome to have a uh, Ron Dorsey, uh, Artie Hoop Source Academy come down to Australia uh, to play some of our teams. That, that would be unreal. That would be a, a, a really nice full circle. We looking, we looking into that either this summer or the uh, summer after. So, so be looking forward, man. Have you only been coaching, or have you been able to play a few more stints uh, since? Uh, I guess re not retiring, but but moving and transitioning yeah. into life after basketball. Man, um, I've always had the itch to get back to it, man. Um, I've, I've had an opportunity to go and play in Mexico for uh, two weeks to replace an uh, injured player. Um, but, you know, it was, it was good to get out there and play professionally again. Uh, I've, I've also had opportunities to go over to China recently. Um, but, you know, the viruses that's over there, praying for China right now, but the viruses, you know, cut that short. But um, I'm still I'm still playing on a, on a, you know, level that I can still get out there and compete with the, with the good guys. So um, I'm still loving the game, man. I always got that itch. This Taipans team has, has come together uh, and they're showing that they're really playing well for each other. And it brings me flashbacks to the 2010-2011 season uh, with yourself. Do, do, you, do you feel, do you ever have those, those flashbacks from the grand final year and great memories from uh, that, that season? Man, those memories never die out, man. This is probably one of the greatest memories of my career, you know. Um, it was a great season for everybody. And uh, I see that the con congratulations to the Taipans that's finished third place. And they still have a couple of games left or so. Yeah, two games left. Yeah, they still. And then, uh, then uh, so, there's a break, but then, yeah, playoffs. Yeah, so they're locked into that third, third place position. So congratulations to the Taipans organization and the players. Um, I know that's a great accomplishment. Um, but 
man, it, I know it's a great feeling, and, and I still I still smile and sit back and watch the videos, man, and, and get tagged in all the tight bands, the Orange Army, the, you know, all the memories. But uh, it's a great feeling, and I know they're having a great time as well. So can I set the the scene? You know the scene I'm talking about, Ron. This is the uh, the, the clinch play. <laughs> now the tight bands are down by by three, and we we need a three point bucket to send it to overtime. Now the the ball gets inbound to Ron Dorsey. He tries to go a little around the back move in the backcourt to slightly fumble but then recover only to uh, charge down the wing there and about a metre and a half, two metres out from the three. A little shot fake gets the first player to bite and then the second player is coming and then you manage to launch and get a clean shot off. Talk to me about the biggest play in uh, tight fans history that got us our, it led to the overtime which got us our first grand final game win in a series. successful year um, obviously the, there was three yourself Allende and Daniel Dillon were poached uh, and that's the biggest fear of a lot of the fans um, was it, it in terms of a, uh, I guess for, for you is it a simple um, equation I guess for, for contracts and things or, or how, how can the Taipans retain a player um, for next season what do you think they'd have to change contracts, uh, coaches' contracts, things like that, um, and certainly uh, pr- progress forward because the NBL is sort of looking at these regional teams going, man, I don't know if they're a real big player in, in the future of the NBL, but um, you know, if, if teams are successful in regional towns that are well-backed, uh, they're really well-supported, and they have a, a, an aggressive mindset locking players in, as you say, uh, then, it's good, then it's really good signs for the Taipans. Almost definitely, man. Uh as a, as a player, we want that, that, that you know, uh, stability, uh, security. Um, if if we, we know a team that's that's ready to offer us for that next season, we feel a little bit security and, and we and make us play harder, man. Um, like I say, I, I love the Orange Army. I, I have nothing but love for Cairns, man. And they, they still know it and the, and the Orange Army know it. But, um, and, and, and all the players that's on the team right now, I would say, man, go ahead and make that opportunity happen. You guys are doing a great job, you know, vibing together, the coach is doing well. Um, why not bring that team back together so so have another great season and maybe hopefully win and go back to back champions. <laughs> Ron Dorsey, thanks so much for your time. Not a problem, man. Love you guys, man. 
Big thanks to Ron Dorsey. Isn't that interesting, Pikey? He's saying don't. He's saying to the Taipans, don't do what they did to him and Iyende and Dan by leaving it too late to re-sign players. He's saying get the deals done now. Don't wait till after the success of postseason play. Get give the players stability. Give them uh, a good contract offer and lock them away now. Absolutely, and it's great to hear from somebody that's been in that situation because I remember it was such a deflating moment that offseason when you're coming off the high of a grand final. I know that you lose, you lost the grand final, but you still come off the high of being the first ever Taipans team to a grand final. And then all of a sudden, your three-star players all leave and go to supposedly the bigger money of Melbourne. And, you know, you, you take out, you know, Chiu Barker and, and Ron Dorsey and Dan Dillon and, that was the that was the three exciting talents of that of that team. If you take out the power forward with the, with the fist bumps and the three pointers, so it was such a flat moment. And it's great to hear from him that you get the feeling if he got a decent offer from the Taipans that matched the one in Melbourne, he would have stayed. So he wants the club to have that have that now. And I'm sure the discussions have started with Scotty Machado, especially because he's the one that is going to be sought after, not just in the rest of the NBL, but all over the world, just for what he's done. But Cam Oliver as well, and. And I think DJ Newbill, he's here for as long as the club wants him. But, you know, Cam Oliver and Scotty Machado, they're going to be getting some big offers from a lot of places. And let's hope that they've loved their time with the Taipans enough where whatever the club offers is good enough to entice them to sign up now. And what a boost that would be if going to the playoffs, we could announce that they've re-signed for next season. Well, it was usually a blanket position where, you know, we just won't deal with contracts right now. We're going to keep focused. We're going to wait until afterwards as a policy, you know, as a general policy type of thing. Well, I don't think you can do that anymore. I think you have to evolve with with what works. And, you know, hearing Ron say that and um, already hearing about a pretend, you know, the the biggest offer ever offered to a a player in Scotty Machado that uh, the top ends have offered that this week. You know, it shows that they're really progressing and evolving to go right we're going to be ahead of the uh, the race this time and um, you know put all our cards down uh, on the table and show show our hand right now to these players in terms of the contract and hopefully lock away some excitement and some um, you know progress for the future by by having continuity with the superstars so I think a lot of fans would be pretty upset if they weren't able to retain at least two of two of the stars uh, yeah. for the star imports and um, by, by all accounts you know we could be hearing something before uh, the the semi-finals and things like that so fingers crossed you know I think I think they've certainly heard the 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 voices from uh, from Ron Dorsey maybe ahead of time maybe he even buzzed them up mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago but it's a totally different situation because back in 2010-11 they were still trying to navigate through some tough financial times yeah. and I don't think they expected grand final success no. in 2010-11 because it was it was such a new um, you know Fernie's it was Fernie's second year interestingly Mike Kelly's second year yeah. um, Fern was in the grand final uh, in his second year and and um, finding success on his doorstep so um, very a lot of similarities actually um, with a, a, a completely new team put together pretty much mm. so yeah exciting times ahead and uh, and great to hear from Ron and just so happy that you know he's had some success uh, in his in his business he said he was a teacher before um, and now he's got you know he's, he's comfortable and with his own um, academy and it's paying the bills so he, he's had that evolve as well so he's found his feet I guess is what I'm saying in, in his transition into life after basketball uh, so it's really it's really cool for me as well personally to, to hear that sort of story and it, and it gives me a lot of encouragement for my own journey. Uh, mm. But yeah, really cool to catch up with Ron. Yeah, really really good to hear from him. I remember speaking to him when he was going through some tough times in his in his season in Melbourne where things didn't quite go as planned as they had it up in Cairns and he was sort of already looking forward to this academy he'd set up and it's great to hear that almost 10 years later it's been, been such a success for him and hopefully we can hear from some more Taipans greats and, you know, Cairns legends in, in the coming weeks as well as we gear up for the playoffs. Um, we've got some big things planned here for the Pikey and Laos show and we seem to be really kicking it up a gear. So hopefully everybody's enjoying listening. This episode of the Pikey and Laos show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. And your fitness, your body, your choice, your time, your fitness. Now, Laos, the NBL awards are creeping up on us now. The season's almost finished. Last week, we had a really good discussion about the MVP prospects for Scotty Machado, and you also gave your thoughts on how you'd expect Scotty, Cam Oliver, and DJ Newbill to end up in the either all first or all second teams for the NBL. Let's keep that discussion going now. Most improved player, there's 
It's a really tough class. The Taipans have got two players nominated, Majuk Deng and Mirko Jeric. Interesting Mirko's in that list given he's hasn't been in the league for the last three three years, but you know, are they, are they most improved from four years ago? Is well, that what I'm not sure what the criteria is, but <laughs> hey, that'd be great. If you want to win the, just, just um, have a hiatus and come back. <laughs> so interesting that he's there. I, I think he deserves credit for the season he's had. But I'm not sure he fits the most improved criteria. Majuk Deng has certainly improved, but whether it's enough to beat out, he probably, I think probably either Sean Bruce or or Dane Pino for, for mine. But what, what do you think from from that category? I mean, Dane Pino's had a, a great year playing off uh, the lack of personnel yep. that have delivered. So, so he's got opportunity and he's really um, grabbed it with two hands and, and played really well. He's got a really hot, uh, a good motor on mm. him. So his, his effort area has been huge. Um, so he's huge on the boards. He's done um, some, some great work down there at Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, certainly credit to, to Jerick's got a great year. Ding, I think he was at six or seven points last year for Adelaide and now up to um, his 11 or 12 yeah. game. Yep. Could be, could be more. Uh, so that's that's pretty ab- admirable. I mean, that's why he's come to Taipans for opportunity, and he's got it, and he's uh, delivered. That, that's the big thing, I guess, is is he's delivered. So yep. he's in for a, a pretty good uh, chance. Um, uh, Sean Bruce, hey, I, I spoke to him not too long ago. He just he loves Will Weaver. He's like, yep. look, you can make a mistake, and he's like, no, that's all right. You know, he, he lets the coach lets you take chances and lets you be creative and let you come up with ideas. He's like, it's just amazing like he, he's just absolutely thriving um, down there which is great to see he's had some injuries um, last couple seasons um, uh, you know a couple of years ago in Brisbane Bullets Sean Bruce rolled his ankle bad just the before the season, the season yeah. in the in, yeah, in the grand final of the QBL yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for Mackay and it just sort of knocked him back a bit uh, and it's only really been and put him out for a year pretty much afterwards yeah. he was training with Taipans and, and then went to Adelaide for briefly a brief stint but great to see him get a gig and then have a great connection with the coach and then perform well. Um, so it's really uh, it's really been a, a really happy environment for him down there. So um, look, he, he's every bit of a chance as well. So uh, it's going to be maybe Will Magnay's the other one too. I really uh, Will Magnay for me uh, is has been uh, a revelation he's yeah. so unique with his shot blocking ability mm. uh, it's kind of like he's going to be a force in these next few years and, and he would be a prized signing for Bullets to retain yeah for sure um, you know he's almost in that unique he's averaging two blocks a game right so yep. two blocks a game the NBL leader in blocks and they liken him to uh, um, Simon Dwight yeah. um, real, be, real good shot blocking a real great leap on him like he was in QBL like he's he's throwing out shots he's blocking it against the top of the square like mm. this is an athlete here um, and certainly very handy in in this this kind of league and he's really proven what he can do so look there's some great great options there um, does Majok Ding get it that'd be <laughs> that'd be huge if Taipans go first team Machado Oliver second team DJ and you will most improve Majok mm. Ding like <laughs> just rack him up yeah. uh, rack up the award so we'll see what happens, see what shakes. But um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have a definite uh, answer for most improved. Yeah. What are your thoughts on who gets the gong? I think it's tough. I think it's unfortunately for for Majuka, I think it's probably down to, to Pino, Bruce, or Magne. Um, Magne's making a hell of a, a late run for it. He, his second half of the season has been incredible, and he's probably as big a factor in, as Patterson is in in Brisbane making the finals if they make it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Sean Bruce has just done such a fantastic job all season, and he's really been the replacement for Kevin Lynch in a lot of ways, which is a massive shoes to fill. But then you have a look at Dane Pino. And he's, he's come from being Andrew Bogut's backup playing sort of, you know, seven or eight minutes a game last year to now being the starting centre. And I haven't checked the stats, but he must be close to leading the league in rebounds just because of what he's done. So either of those three are fantastic. Maybe maybe on pure numbers you go for Pino just because of he's gone from virtually nothing to good numbers. But I don't think I don't think he can go wrong with any of those three. Another award he could easily win is the best best six man. I think he's probably almost lead the leading candidate in that. From a Cairns point of view, we've got Nate Jawai. We've also got Mirko Jerry, who's nominated for that as well. But I think he might only be eligible if he doesn't start these last three games, which I think there's every chance he will. So that might take him out of the running. Is Nate any chance of taking it out? Or to me, it looks like Sean Bruce or Jason Kadee from Brisbane are probably leading the race for that. 
Yeah, well, uh, Jowie's had a few games that maybe have been quieter than others. I think Sean Bruce's role has been um, hugely important based on, obviously, Kevin Lish being out. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I think Sean might have uh, the edge on, on that one, uh, just just the way he, he sort of played and uh, been able to deliver. So, uh, And then the team's had success, you know, off him being uh, ready to go and, and, and uh, putting up the numbers. So uh, I'll, I'll give Sean Bruce the edge on that one for uh, best six men. Unless somebody else jumps out, I don't know if Brandon Ashley, Clint Steindl, Daniel Kickett, Eric Griffin, Kyle Adnam, or Will Magne. To me, Will Magne's probably started too many games. Um, I don't know if any of those stand out. Does Sean pick all of those? I think I'd have to look at the numbers a bit more sure. uh, in terms of, you know, who's eligible and who's not. Obviously, they've got the, the nominees, mm. but um, Will Magne might be a, a surprise yeah. um, sort of a candidate in there. Um, I mean, Eric Griffin's had ups and downs at Adelaide and, and maybe been too inconsistent. Yeah, I think too, many, um, too many downs, I think. Yeah. All right, Defensive Player of the Year. This is another award that I think should be coming up to the far north. Um, to me, DJ Newbill is the standout candidate this season. We haven't got a we haven't got a big guy who's a genuine candidate just because I don't think Will Magne has been the dominant shot blocker that he that he has been in the last month of the season. I don't think he's been done it long enough during the season. Andrew Bogut hasn't been the influence that he has been that he was last year and, and I think I think DJ is the is the standout defensive player in the league, especially with Damien Martin missing so much time through injury. I I'd be very surprised if DJ doesn't get it and I'd actually be pretty disappointed because I think he's the he's the clear winner. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, the Taipans lineup, you've got the luxury of DJ being able to handle, uh, in many, many cases, the, their best offensive threat mm. uh, and being able to lock them down. He's got strength and he's got size, uh, but he's got a quite nimble sort of a, a moving sort of style mm-hmm. or ability to, to uh, really lock into a player. So, um, yeah, he, he's every bit the chance. I mean, he doesn't lead, I don't think he leads it in steals or anything like that. Per se, no, or, or you can I mean correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but but it's been it's been how he's influenced you know his opponent yeah. and he's come up uh, the goods on a lot of cases and um, uh, even sort of he senses when let's say a big catches the ball on the elbow. And if DJ senses his head is turned, then DJ will often go and, and have a little swipe at that, that ball and, and unbeknownst to the big, the, the ball suddenly spilled free. So sometimes he doesn't get credit for you know a, a tip out or something that someone else will get the steal. But mm. he's certainly been uh, very active and, and uh, handy for Scott Machado to sometimes get uh, a bit of a rest, maybe maybe one of the players that's l- uh, less of a threat because um, you know Scotty's got, Scott Machado's got other duties to, to do uh, so he can save his energy, put DJ on on the best score and and it makes it a hard night for that that player. So yeah, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be huge huge for DJ, huge for his his brand, his yeah. next contract type of, type of thing. Um, and uh, it, would just, it would just cap off an amazing season for DJ Newbill. Last one's rookie of the year, and to me, I know the next stars are eligible for this, but I'd prefer to see it just a local players award. So I'm a little bit disappointed disappointed that. Um, the next stars are eligible, but that's the way the way they've gone. So, given that, I think it probably naturally goes to Lamelo Ball, just because of the way he was able to play in the first half of the season. I think if if Court Noy hadn't got injured, if he had played the full season, then he was a real chance of winning it. But he's probably probably just missed too many games. Even though that probably sounds funny, when he's probably still played more games than what Lamelo did. Can we can we treat it like a raffle where like if you're not present if you're not mm. present when your name is called can we just go <laughs> redraw <laughs> can we just go to the next the next winner uh, because that would be the mm. certainly be the case I think um, you know with noise uh, eleven points a game or maybe even eleven point five or close to twelve yep. um, certainly great numbers uh, for uh, for a rookie uh, what is he twenty one years old yeah I like think almost seven rebounds too. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's got is is certainly a high energy player. A lot of gets a lot of extra possessions for the type ends. Uh, that'll be that'll be a great one. Um, but yeah, I think look, I think Lamelo Ball is is the rookie of the year. He's certainly um, uh, been a standout player um, and pretty impressive uh, as a was an eighteen year old kid yeah. uh, that looks to be top sort of uh, 
I think he's going to be top pick in the NBA draft on June 22nd, but he could be top three. So, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed too that Next Stars are included in that. I think they should have their own little, you know, they'll have their own little celebration or something. I think it should go to, uh, I mean, imports could be rookies as well, I guess, or they can't. No, they can't uh, be. I, I so that's why, it's, that's why it's a bit strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's got to go to an Aussie. Yeah, you got to keep, got to keep some of these um, Australian guys, in, well, Australian or New Zealand, um, young players. Um, you know, eye on the prize, and and it gives you know young eyes looking up to their stars. It's like, oh wow, like uh, he's got rookie of the year. You know, you, you can you know get get a lot of benefit out of um, you know really supporting your your Aussie or New Zealand contingent. Well, I think if you go back twelve years, I think the fact that the Nate Jawai won the rookie of the year award when he did in that season with the Taipans, I think just the fact that he won that award it, it helped get him more recognition globally and I think the fact that he had that on his CV I think it actually ended up helping him get into the NBA so a similar thing could happen to Cord if if he's able to say that he's the NBA's rookie of the year and this was a league where Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton and Scott Machado and Bryce Cotton and Casper were all, were all playing and he was rookie of the year I think it adds a lot whereas if you're, if you're Lamelo Ball I'm not sure I'm not sure he would even keep the trophy or accept the trophy. Would he? Would he even care? Well, it, it might find its way to the bottom of the <laughs> um, the river in, in Melbourne, like um, with James Dennis's, uh, yeah, like James Dennis's <laughs> um, NBL first team yep, trophy. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it might might find its way back. It might even even make it into the hands of Lamelo Ball, to be honest. But yeah, he certainly wouldn't wouldn't really care no. about it with with tw- a twelve million dollar multi year contract um, coming his way very shortly. But yeah, uh, Nate Jowai seventeen points. A game in his rookie mm-hmm. season, if you please. Yeah. Certainly beat certainly beat Loudon's fifteen points a game in his rookie <laughs> season. I thought I thought I was a lock. Mm. Quirky, I was a I was a lock in two thousand seven for rookie of the year. And then bloody Jawai comes across. <laughs> seventeen points a game throwing him down like, you know, Jawai rookie of the year. I was like, right, that's it. You know, Jawai's <laughs> going down next time I see him. But then uh, I, I decided against that when I saw him. Um, but uh, And you yeah, eventually look, uh, you became teammates. Yeah, eventually we can. Yeah, I thought that was the next best option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Final round of the season now, Lowes. It mm. seems remarkable that we've got through a whole regular season here doing the Pikey and Lowes show, but but here we are, and it all starts Thursday night. Quite simply, Melbourne United has to win this game to keep their season alive. The Cairns Taipans haven't lost to Melbourne yet this season. Can they make it four from four? I think the Titans can win by six. And mm. the reason why I say that is um, I believe that they will stretch that lead out a bit further. But I think Melbourne's got a few uh, tricks up their sleeve from some of their superstars. And I think uh, they'll be fighting tooth and nail just to really be aggressive in this game. So the Titans are going to have to hold strong uh, and really be clinical late in the game because we've seen a few a few times where sideline inbounds, baseline inbounds, uh, the pressure goes up a bit and they're just not quite executing at the level they need to be so uh, expect um, coach Dean Vickerman to to really drill his players these last these last uh, week uh, at training in terms of um, you know having them lock in he's going to throw everything at them and uh, I think that their players are going to be a lot better than they have been these last few weeks uh, they have to they know that their season's on the line so I think it's going to be a, a single digit margin for the, the type ends and I'm putting it at six points. Then on Friday night, like you touched on earlier, in Christchurch, the New Zealand Breakers, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, no Mitch Creek for the Phoenix. Do the Breakers take care of business and lock away their playoff spot? Breakers will put Phoenix to the sword and uh, will win by a comfortable 14 points, double digit win for sure. And that would be enough to lock away fourth spot if the Thursday result goes the way that you expect. And also on Friday, the Sydney Kings a chance to secure the regular season title and become the first club in history in the NBL to be on top of the ladder after every single round of a, of a season. Do they get the job done against the Illawarra Hawks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be. Uh, I think they'll they will start to play some of their bench as well. So actually, we'll go for about sort of a we'll go a sixteen point win to Sydney Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll they'll put they'll put the game away early and then uh, give their bench some quality minutes uh, to to bring it home. So oh, pre- pretty impressive season. I think they had look. I think they had a better team on paper at the start of the year compared to the Taipans. But you know they've done. You know Coach Will Weaver's done a great job keeping them uh, steady and, and in first place the whole season. Uh, but I think, you know, Coach Mike Kelly's team on paper actually starts to eclipse uh, some of the players based on the performances this year. Um, so I think Mike Kelly's done more 
with uncertainty and mm-hmm. Will Weaver's steered a certain uh, quality lineup on paper uh, into first place longer. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see awards night how so the absolutely. voters go with uh, Coach of the Year. But certainly, uh, you know, credit to both coaches uh, for, for how they've uh, performed this year. Now, if results go how you expect, the Bullets will have to win against the Cairns Taipans in Brisbane on Saturday by probably around 50-plus points. If other results go differently, then they might not have to win by quite as much if, if, if even the Breakers lose somehow on Friday or if Melbourne loses as well. But either way, what do you expect from Cairns on Saturday in Brisbane? Look, I think the chances of Brisbane making the playoffs by beating the Taipans by a comfortable margin is probably 5 to 10%. I don't yep. think there's uh, there's no way that I can see them getting the job done against the Taipans based on, you know, how the Taipans have been going. I think Taipans have the second game of a double header, so it's best case scenario for Brisbane is is if they win it'll be by a couple, but I don't think I think mm. the Taipans will be able to hold on to this one uh, and win by four. So I'm going a, another single digit win. I don't think it'll be a comfortable win. I think it's another one of those two teams are throwing the full kick and sink at the the the, uh, the snake, so mm. it's going to be an interesting one. But I don't think Brisbane will have enough in the tank to, to change any point percentage margin by any stretch. But if those results go your way, that means that over the weekend, Cairns would have picked up another twelve points. So all of a sudden, they're one point behind the Wildcats. So if the Adelaide Thirty Sixes win the game at all against Perth in Perth on Saturday night, then the Titans will take second spot if things go your way. I think they got about a 25% chance of leapfrogging the Wildcats yep. um, based on how Adelaide are sort of a bit of a wounded yeah. uh, animal at the moment and they could they could sort of have uh, put the cue in the rack. But like I did, like I said, I, you know, it, it could go the other way, but I think, you know, the, it's a lesser percentage chance that the Taipans could leapfrog the, the Cats in that situation. And lastly, on Sunday, South East Melbourne and Melbourne United at Melbourne Arena to close the season... Now, if Melbourne have beaten Cairns on Thursday, then Melbourne can win this game and still make the playoffs, depending on percentage and how that compares with the breakers. A lot has to happen for that to eventuate. Either way, you would still think Melbourne are going to be too strong against a a Phoenix team that's probably crying out for for the end of the season now. I think this game turns into a um, redemption game from round one, and yeah. I think uh, if if there's nothing else to play for, it's it's appease that that first round loss, uh, <laughs> the opening game loss that uh, Melbourne United suffered to Phoenix. So I think this will turn into a bit of a grudge match from from early days. I know they've mm. they've beaten them since, but it just seems to make sense uh, just to finish the season. Uh, but I don't think that United will have uh, playoff aspirations after the other result. Uh, sort of ended it for them. All right, we'll see how it all plays out. But either way, it's going to be one hell. Either way, Melbourne United will will win that game by at least double digits, at least 12 points, I think. Yeah, it's a really exciting way to finish the season when you've got the top three teams all fighting over who can finish top two still, and then you've got three teams fighting over fourth position. We couldn't ask for a better way to finish the season, and we couldn't ask for a a bigger episode of the Park and Lao show this week either. We we finished off our look at the NBL award winners, and we'll wait to see how our expectations and how the Cairns Taipans go in that once the season's finished. And what what a guest we had with Ron Dorsier, a Taipans grand final legend from, from almost 10 years ago. So a massive way to close out the regular season. Two big games now for the Taipans to shape the finals this weekend. Laos, what can you leave us with? Mate, there's only one Valentine part of that you need this uh, this weekend, and it's the NBL. Uh, so strap yourself in and enjoy a glass of wine. Well, how about a Hemingway's beer for that matter, and uh, and enjoy the show.